This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts now. This is Morning Breath. No, did I? How did I do on my imitation of Lane? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Morning Breath. We are a drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day, and it probably didn't sound very good. It sounded good in my head. I want you to know that in when I impersonated Lane, the guy who did the announcement, uh, sounded good in my head, but I probably didn't out there on the radio. But what we do on our program here is we study the Bible, and the way that we do it is uh, I read a chapter at home and spend some time just with the Lord, studying, looking at it, praying, uh, just asking Jesus to speak to me about my personal life and about, you know, life in general. And then a co-host does it as well. My co-host today is David Gammon. He does the same thing at home. And then we come down to the radio station uh, studio we have here at the Merritt Island campus of East Coast Christian Center. We read the chapter on the air. We don't compare notes, so we don't really know which direction we're going yet. And then we talk about wherever God leads. So it's a spirit-led, kind of spontaneous. That's why we call it morning breath, because God, every word of God is God-breathed. And we want God to breathe on us this morning. So I want to welcome my co-host, Pastor David Gammon. How you doing, David? I'm doing great, Pastor Dan. <laughs> Super excited to be here. Awesome, man. So what's uh, what's going on? How's all? How's your family doing? Oh, we're doing great. We're doing awesome. great. Getting ready for uh, getting ready for the holidays, for Thanksgiving, of you course better. Christmas. You better. And uh, <laughs> I know, right? Coming like a freight train. It is. It's exciting time though. Yeah, it is. You know, I love that Florida. We get the two seasons. We get you know <laughs> summer and then two weeks of winter. I love it. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I would. I'm voting for four weeks next year, but we'll see. Right. Four weeks of winter would be awesome, but yeah, it's been a long time coming this year. It is. It's been really slow to uh, cool down, but. Uh, you know, eight, nine, ten degrees above normal. So, yeah, uh, it's global warming. Unless you live <laughs> in the middle of the country, then it's uh, global freezing because the rest of the country has been lower. And uh, Colorado last week, Colorado was two hundred and twelve percent above their snowpack. Two hundred twelve percent. They were open the first week of November. Usually, they open at Thanksgiving. Wow! By making their own snow. Wow! Yeah. So they've. They're not having global warming in Colorado. See, you're like bilingual. <laughs> Am I? Yeah, you're because, bilingual. Yeah, I, cause, cause, I spent some time in Colorado. Yeah, I get the newspaper still, so a, I digitally I, I stay up on. I'm Denver. a Florida voice. When you're like snowpack, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that's, that's it. Anyway, tell folks how to get involved in Morning Breath. Well, I tell you what, um, we want you guys to jump in. This is a great way to have uh, personal devotion time um, in the Word. And how you can jump in is go to our website. That's eccc.us. And we have the morning breath icon right on our home landing page. Click on that. You'll be able to get the full itinerary of chapters we're going into, chapters we've been into. You also can call the church at 321-452-1060. But the best way to really get anything East Coast is to get our app. Get our app, and, and when you do that, you'll be able to get the Morning Breath uh, podcast, which you can get for however you get your other mobile podcasts or any of your podcasts. But you also can get anything else East Coast. You can get our events. You can get our messages from the weekend. You can get a lot of stuff. It's a really cool app for, for really daily Christian living. Yep. So I wanted to really encourage you with that. It's just East Coast app, and uh, go put that on your phone today for sure. Great. We just a couple of announcements real quick. Uh, this Saturday out at our Coco campus, which is on Friday Road in Coco, uh, out in West Coco. Uh, this Saturday, November 16th, 12 to 4, we're having a fall festival. Mm -hmm. And so uh, want to go out and have fun doing that. That's out there. Then we got one more. 
Man, oh, we also have the grief share this Sunday, November seventeenth, yep. from three p.m. to five p.m. Also at that same location at the Coco Campus. So if you're in that place, or if most importantly too, if you know someone yes. that could really benefit from the grief sh- grief share, either loss of a loved one or whatever it might be, that is this Sunday, November seventeenth, from three p.m. to five p.m. Yeah, and so what that is is support for how to get through the holidays. Mm. You'll get a free book on on that. Wow. Uh, there'll be, I believe, uh, twelve different experts in the field uh, sharing a little bit and a couple of testimonies. Uh, it's a, it, it is a, a three-hour event, three, four, no, two-hour event, but really recommend it for somebody who's lost a loved one. It's real powerful. And if you ever miss any of these announcements, maybe because you're driving or yeah. a place you can write down, once again, go to our website, get our app. We'll have them for you. Don't worry. Um, and uh, you'll be able to plug back in and be able to jump right into the event. So I tell you what, we got, uh, Let's man, get in it. We got 1 Corinthians 4 today, huh? 1 Corinthians 4. Yep. I'm New King James. Hey, me too. I got 21 (laughs) verses in the New King James. I'm going to read the first. I'm going to just read the first 10. You can read the last 11. How's that? Perfect. Okay, get me started, sir. I say to you, Pastor Dan, read, sir. Let a man so consider us as servants of God and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time, until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart, then each one's praise will come from God. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. For who makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? You are already full, you are already rich." You have reigned as kings without us, and indeed, I could wish you did reign, and that we also might reign with you. For I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, last, as men condemned to death. For we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. We are distinguished, but we are dishonored. To To the present hour, we both hunger and thirst, and we are poorly clothed and beaten and homeless. We labor, working with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat. We have been made as the filth of the world, the off-scoring of all things until now. I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ— Yet you do not have many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore I urge you, imitate me. For this reason I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Now some are puffed up, as though I were not coming to you. But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord wills, and I will know not the word of those who are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What do, what do you want? Shall I come with a rod or in love and in a spirit of gentleness? Amen. Amen. 
I pick love in a spirit of gentleness. Same here. Yeah. Like my dad says, you want a beaten or a hug? Hmm. <laughs> Let me think about Let me think about that for a hot minute. The old easy way or hard way? How yeah, do you I'm do going this? easy. I'll take, I'll take the love. That's, that's what I like. This is, a, this is a chapter really Paul begins to correct the division that's in the church in Corinth. He starts to work on some of the things that are broken here. And I know that the church at Corinth has got a really uh, sort of a bad rep. And, you know, oh, they were so bad and so broken. And they had brokenness in them. But he also said they came behind in no gifts. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of potential in the church at Corinth and Mm -hmm. a lot of power in the church in Corinth. But there's some problems. And what I've found in my life is the enemy wants to stop us from fulfilling our, our, our purpose, our, to reach our full potential. And so, you know, just because you got some problems in your life doesn't mean that there's not a lot of good potential in your life. Come on. A lot of times the enemy's out there throwing, you know, trying to, trying to stop something good from happening. We even saw that in the life of Jesus. Um, of course, we're not comparing ourselves to Jesus, but we're his family, we're his kids. The enemy came in and tried to kill steal and destroy everything Jesus had. And he thought he did, but God turned the tables on him and the killing of Jesus, the destroying of Jesus, uh, the stealing of everything he had actually turned out to be the devil's defeat. And in this chapter, we see a lot going on with Paul beginning the process. And I think the next four chapters, if I remember correctly, he is working on these divisions. Mm -hmm. And the first one he starts out is he wants to get them a good perspective on judging one another and feeling superior to one another or, you know, what sort of position do we we take Mm -hmm. in any certain situation? And so... He starts out that way, and he says some pretty freaky things here. Um, I at least I think they're freaky. Verse two says, "More of is required." In, no, excuse me, verse three. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you, mm-hmm. or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. Whoa! Right. That is. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? How how's that work? You know. Right. And so uh, he's getting at something here. And then he goes on to say, uh, for I know nothing against myself. In other words, he's saying, I can't think of anything that's really a mess in my life right now or, or where I'm, you know, dealing with something, yet I'm not justified by this. He's saying, look, my behavior isn't what makes me right. Mm-hmm. It, you know, when you get judged, it's either guilty or innocent. And he's saying here, my innocence is not based on my either doing something wrong or not doing something wrong. He said, but he who judges me is the Lord. And so he's got this thing that he begins to talk about in here about that we are judged not by each other. We're not judged by man. We're not judged by the world's courts. We're really, our judgment comes from God. And then he begins to say all sorts of things about that. Don't judge anything before the time. Uh, Wait till the Lord comes in on the situation. Don't be puffed up on behalf of one or the other. And he starts transferring that to him and Apollos and, you know, talking about, you you, you know, you say you're of me. The other guy says I'm Apollos. That's what the last chapter said. And so I'm trying to show you in us that it's not about me or it's not about Apollos. It's about Jesus. And we are are who we are by the grace of God. And then he starts saying, look, even if one of you is smart, where did you get your smarts? 
right. from Jesus. You know, if one of you got some authority here, where'd you get your authority? You're bragging about something that wasn't yours to begin with. It's on loan from God. And so it's a it's an interesting chapter and and something I think we all deal with because he says, uh, I don't even judge judge myself. And that's hard because I think most of the time we're our own worst critic. And we do judge ourselves and we do, uh, instead of judging ourselves according to what the word says about us, we judge ourselves according to our shortcomings, or our actions, or our thought life, or da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da yep. down the line. And that, it's challenging in that situation. And so I'm challenged today to not judge myself, right? <laughs> which, you know, I could probably find several things to judge myself poorly in. This morning, um, myself. Yeah, this yeah. morning. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like, have to wait till this uh, afternoon right, right. comes. I don't know about uh, you guys. Yeah. I could probably come up with something this morning. I've only been up about three hours, you know, right. four hours. But, but uh, yeah, challenging to instead believe what the Word says about me come instead on. of believe what my own conscience says about me. And conscience is pretty important. Uh, I know that, you know, sometimes your conscience can be seared. It can be calloused. The other thing about your conscience is, um, how can I say this? Uh, it has to be, it's like your watch. Your conscience is like your watch. Mm. You have to set it to the right time for it to work right. That's good. So if you have your clock set to the wrong time, your watch will always tell you the wrong thing. That's really good. It's just like if you're a cannibal, you know, and you live in a cannibal family in a cannibal village in a cannibal country, eating your neighbors what to do. Right. So your conscience hasn't been set to the right time. Mm -hmm. And so what sets our conscience to the right time? It's the Word of God. The Bible does. Jesus yep. does. So, uh, yeah, your conscience can condemn you. Uh, but the Bible doesn't condemn you. So mm -hmm. the Word doesn't. Jesus doesn't condemn you. Like the woman caught in adultery, he says, neither do I condemn you. But... Go and sin no more. It doesn't mean that that's just a free license for sin. Anyway, I'm talking too much. Oh no, Jump dude, in. I'm, no, I'm loving it. I'm Jump loving it. I'm in. getting it all up, man. I I tell you what, just really kind of piggybacking off what you're saying. I love the way Paul is. It's inspiring to me how he is like. You can't separate. <clears throat> how do I put this right? If you didn't know that this was the Bible and you had to read of this man and his writing, <laughs> you would not know this God was not alive and on earth. Yeah, like good point. Like this God, this person he's talking, his relationship with God, the Heavenly Father, is so um, important to him that he, he filters everything through it, even to the yeah, level he's good. like, he's like, listen, I don't care what men. I know actually, it was like I'm. I look silly in front of men and in front of angels. Right. Where <laughs> some people might be like, I don't even believe in angels. He's like, I so believe in angels. I believe they're looking at me right now as I work my fingers to the bone to provide for myself as you guys are doing your own thing. But <laughs> I, I want a relationship with God like that, mm. where it's like, because here he, um, Corinth was a salt, uh, a salt market when that time was a, uh, it still is a season, but uh, made it a very wealthy community. Yes. So he's talking to these very wealthy people on one level. And we would be intimidated. You want to see somebody get afraid? Go tell them to go have conflict with somebody. He's about to have conflict. Yeah. But he's not intimidated because that God that is so real to him is with him. 
and he knows he's serving him and pleasing him, that he's not here being like, I'm so scared of the people that have money. I'm so scared of the popular people or the people who influence. He's like, man, I'm going to do this because I get to bring, I get to help them with their next step with our Savior. Mm. Now, I want to encourage you today, if there's someone in your life that intimidates you, they're puffed up to a place in your heart and in your mind where they shouldn't be. Good. All right. You need to grab a hold. If there is a coworker, if there, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be even more real now. Some parents, if you're intimidated by your kids, no. Let's get this world back into perspective that we go and we do what our God has called us to do, what our Father has called us to do, and with the courage and confidence that He is with us and He is real and He is doing a work through what He's inspired us to do. Beautiful. You know, this verse kind of blows me away too, and I think it's such a good piece of advice for getting those things back in balance when you, you know, you're either puffed up over somebody else or you've let somebody get too big in their authority and, and control in your life. Listen to what it says in verse six. Now, these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against another. And so how do you, how do you, what, what is written? Go back to the beginning. It says, let a man so consider us as servants. This word here is, uh, the, that word for servants here is the lowest or, or, oarsman on a ship. That's the kind of word it is. Mm-hmm. And stewards of the mystery of God, somebody else were, were in charge of something else. Moreover, it is required and stewards that won't be found faithful, he starts talking about this is what's written, so I'm going to approach this as a steward, as a servant. Um, God's in charge. I'm not in charge. I'm just repeating what he said. And so how can you not think beyond what is written if you don't really understand what is written? Come on. And that's the exhortation or the encouragement in our lives to get in the Word and learn the Word. Come on. Because you need to know what the Word says about you. Because if you don't know what the Word says about you, you're going to believe your own mind. You're going to believe what the world says. Yep. You're going to believe your boss who's putting you down or your boss who's lifting you up too high. you got to know what the Word says about Come you. Come on. And I love, too, that when he's when he's talking about this and he's putting this out there, he says, you know, you, although you have may, may have 1,000 or 10,000 teachers, um, but you only have one spiritual father. And I love that he... he makes a difference between uh, roles of authority and, and positions of authority because there's a massive difference between a teacher or a boss and a spiritual father mm. because, you see, a, a teacher and a boss, they are task-oriented. They care that the task is accomplished. And guess what? In our modern capitalism, that is a wonderful thing. We need to have the tasks accomplished because we Absolutely. need paychecks. Yeah. Absolutely. That does not make them bad people. But the father cares about the person. There you go. The father is like, listen, and I care about your heart, your who you are, your character in this process also. Now, hear me. The father cares about the person also because a father can accomplish the task, can hopefully, and I'm speaking in faith here, have their kid eat their vegetables and do it without crying and complaining. Will it happen on the first night? Absolutely not. All of us know this about kids. But, well, my parents won because I eat vegetables now without complaining. Not all of them. But that's the difference. And I want to encourage people out there, too, that 
when you are a spiritual, the difference between you pouring out to somebody as a boss or a teacher or just maybe a small group leader, and then be a father to them, be a mother to them, own their journey with them and care about them. And um, it really is a, a game-changing, life-changing thing for, for both people in the relationship. Yeah, I love what he says, how he sets that up in verse 14. I do not write these things to shame you. Because he's saying, look, and what he does here is he's, he's actually being, uh, he's using some sarcasm where he says, we're fools for Christ, but you are wise. We are weak, but you are strong. Uh, you are distinguished, but we are dishonored. And then he goes on and says all that they're enduring. And then he said, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. Come and on. then he talks about being a father to them. And this verse means a lot to me in many, mm. many respects because I think a lot of people struggle. I know that I did early on in my Christian walk in ministry uh, that I didn't have anybody to father me. I, mm. It wasn't like I could lean into anybody around me and, and that I thought was a father to me. I had bosses and I had teachers and I had co-labors, but I didn't have a father. And I think there is something in everyone that desires to be fathered mm -hmm. and helped, not just by God, not just by, you know, Jesus and all of that stuff, but by someone who knows and loves God that they could say, look, I'm for you and I want to help you in this situation. So, you know, the other thing I think this is also saying when he says in verse 16, therefore I urge you, imitate me. Uh, you know, there's verses of scripture that say, follow me as I follow the Lord. Come on. Now I could say that imitate me. But I only want you to imitate me where I'm actually imitating God. Right. And so there's some balance in Scripture where it says, follow, Paul says in another spot, follow me as I follow the Lord. He's not just saying, follow me when right. I make a mistake, you can make it too. He's saying, look, when I'm doing what God wants us to do and, and the way God wants us to do it, follow me. Mm -hmm as I follow the Lord. So it's a, it's a good picture of kind of balancing all that. Man, that's, a, that's a wonderful picture too, because he, he also says it in Ephesians, like I think it's Ephesians 5 where he says that. He's like, oh no, that's where he says, be imitators of God. But that's still, I almost feel like he's setting a personal standard out there, that he knows that in this walk and in our walks, that if we don't set a standard from the leader from the from the point of leadership first in our lives that that they need the people to follow it and here's why I think it's so important that he said imitate me it's because I believe the church in Corinth is a little bit making the same mistakes that some churches in America which are, are making and that's we're becoming watchers of the gospels and not doers of the gospel and that they they're slipped into this area where there's criticism immorality has slipped in they're not so much grabbing hold of the gospel and doing with it um, instead they are just being frivolous with it, with it watching with it and that's why he's saying nope you guys take your eyes off the show and put them on me mm. and i'm going to show you i'm going to be christ like and that's our job as christians because in matthew 28 um Jesus doesn't say, go out and, and just tell people about Jesus. He says, go and make disciples, all right? And that's what we need to be doing as Christians. And I'm not here taking shots at any of the church. I'm just saying is, is that we need to make sure on a personal level that we aren't just pushing play on a podcast or on a, on a, a YouTube video, and that was church for us, because that's not church. That's just simply a video. Church is when disciples are encouraging each other, 
uplifting each other, praising Jesus, and have the courage to say, hey, you guys following behind me, imitate me on this journey as I imitate him. Yeah, relationships a huge part of the gospel and the Christian experience, and that's part of what church is all about. Getting together, standing in the you know in the same room, there is something about you know hearing from God and doing it in a in a private way, but there's also something about it doing it with someone else. It's one of the reasons I do morning breath, not alone. I could have started out morning breath and just done it alone and. But, For sure. but there's something dynamic that happens when you do it with someone else. And it's the same thing with church, only on a magnified level. Uh, you know, last week we had a night of worship and, and uh, we had a guest speaker in and that. And man, the singing and the worship was so powerful in that corporate setting. You know, I can, I can sing in my living room and it's okay. But it's nothing like when we're all together, you know, singing and lifting up God. And there's just something powerful involved in that process. Uh, We're going to take a break. We're going to be back in just a minute. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. East Coast Christian Center would like to invite you to join us on a 10-day Israel Bible study tour led by co-pastors Dan and Matt Staubaum. The trip will take place March 9th through the 18th, 2020. The total cost is $3,995. For more info or to register, sign up at eccc.us slash Israel trip. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Take this year with God at East Coast Christian University to truly understand why and how to continue your destiny and walk with Christ. Earn your associate's, bachelor's, and master's degree. Our instructors are experienced, helpful, and show a genuine love for studying the Word of God. East Coast Christian University is located at 670 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. For more information, our number is 452-1060, extension 131. And our website is eccuequipped.com. For 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. Welcome back, everybody. You know, in this uh, story here, Paul is uh, telling the 
the Corinthians, he talks about all the things they're going through, and, and there's quite a bit. You know, labor, working with their own hands, they're present hour, they're hungry, thirsty, poorly clothed, beaten, homeless. It's kind of tough. And, you know, if you're going through something tough right now, I want to encourage you with something. You know, you say, well, God, why, why are you putting me through all this? Well, I don't know if God is putting you through all that. Let me just say, the reason Paul's going through this is not because God wanted him to suffer. The reason he's going through this is, is God, like a commanding officer, has him close to the front lines to do big things. You know, you go into rescue, maybe somebody that's been captured, you're going to face some difficulties mm-hmm. to do that because you're on an important mission to deliver somebody, to save somebody. Or, or when you're in the army of God, sometimes you're out on the front lines and it's, you know, challenging. It's not because God wants you to suffer or wants you hungry or thirsty. It's because sometimes we have to take a risk. Sometimes we've got to sacrifice to see people saved, delivered, helped, and all of that. So please understand, God's a great commanding officer. He loves you. He's for you. He doesn't want you empty. He wants you full. But sometimes sacrifices must be made to make advances in in any kingdom. Uh, So I just want to encourage you with that. Be encouraged. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.